0: Now for part two with Haven Builders. You're listening to The Building Code, part two. I'm Tom Houghton.
1: I don't think the listeners understand that Tom and I sit pretty close to each other because we're trying to be on video with our listeners during COVID. Sure. And like you stare at me when you say our intro and it freaks me <laughs> out every time. From now on, I want you to stop. I'm going to look stop. at the ceiling. Don't or look, look, at look. Me when you say that. Because you, you're almost like, I know you're Tom. Yeah. I think the listeners probably know too. We're in a workshop, but we we're, always say that.
0: This is our first ever one of these where they're back to back.
1: That is true. Why don't you so? Yeah. So if you didn't listen last time, this is a yeah continuation.
0: Yeah. So stop what you're doing. Go back and listen to our episode of Dallas because now we're here for part two with Haven Builders. You're listening to the Building Code. We're going to dive in with Sharissa Sarine, who is their design manager at Haven Builders. Welcome to the podcast, Sharissa.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: We are very thankful you're joining us. Special two parter, first timer. That's right.
1: It's exciting stuff.
2: Record breaking from the prairies.
1: That's right. Wait, are you guys who's in the prairies? Us? Yeah. Or you?
2: We are. Oh my are So are we.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well.
2: That's perfect.
1: You know, we're we're a technology company based in Omaha, Nebraska, and they call it the Silicon Prairie. I love Instead it. of Silicon Valley, which is in, you know, California. Yes. So we've we've got a connection. Saskatoon in the Prairie.
2: Beautiful. It's
1: good. Dallas was telling us a little about Saskatoon. So just to recap, you know, you guys have about 330,000 people. You guys are a luxury home builder there. I had a question for him about your clientele that I'll ask you later. That's a teaser. Ooh, so stay tuned for that question. (laughs) Hollywood Tom taught me that one. (laughs) That, That was good.
0: That was good teasing. Thank you. We were just talking about Edgemont with Dallas, the new development. And we want to continue that conversation because, again, so developments... I don't know how many, like if you can share how many homes that probably will be going in there. One thing I think from a design perspective is that when you're building for a development and you have multiple homes going in, how do you approach that to make sure that they're not all kind of visually the same, if that makes sense? Maybe you can share kind of your insight with that
2: absolutely yeah so we're just in phase one right now so there's about 45 homes in phase one there's going to be a total of 99 lots between phase one and two and there are hopes for a phase three and four but obviously that's down the road so um for starters like we have four lots right now but i feel like for us we're always very focused on building unique homes like we've never used the same floor plan twice a lot of home builders they have their like top five plans and they might tweak, you know, their exterior materials a little bit, um, change the palette up, but they're using the same floor plan. We never do that. I think it's like (laughs) it just goes against everything in our creative bones to do that. So, um, from a material standpoint, like it's going to be a high end development. So we're doing either like fiber cement board, um, maintenance, free wood look products. So like metal siding to give you the wood look. Um, but yeah like we'll have some modern farmhouse houses out there we've designed a really cool sprawling mid-century modern bungalow with like this covered pool area and it's just going to be the perfect place for you know clients like your doctors lawyers people that want to get out of the city but they don't really want like the full rural experience sure. like they don't want to spend all weekend cutting their grass and pruning their trees they You know, want a great place to escape the rat race for a little bit, but still be able to get to the hospital within five minutes, which you can do from there if you drive real fast. (laughs) There
0: you go. If you're, if you're in a Tesla, you know you got a new exactly. Roadster sitting in the garage. Sure. You know you're probably offering <laughs> electric charging. I would, you know, so actually
2: we do. We just yeah. put that in our last house. We actually just had a client ask us to design their home based around the Tesla truck prototype. Oh
1: <laughs> yes, boy.
0: Truck, right? it is it's a truck. The Cybertruck. Yeah. Cyber That's actually funny. You mentioned that because their initial design, people started doing the math, and they were like, everyone's garages are going to need to be so much bigger oh, in order yeah. to even fit this vehicle. And so they've had to kind of come back a little bit on those initial sketches to be like, maybe we should have made it a little bit smaller.
2: Yeah. That's- I have to pray that's like not on my top five design priorities. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Same. That's a different episode, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a- garage design.
1: I mean, I thought, I thought it, it's a really good question because a lot of designers are definitely artists, right? And artists have tendencies, you know, like musicians have a certain style of music they play. And they don't really go too far outside that. Do you find that it's difficult to try to come up with something new or is all like construction design sort of in your wheelhouse and there's just, there's just different variations of it for you.
2: Yeah. You know what? I I don't want to sound cocky, but I actually don't find it difficult. I find it like inspiring Mm -hmm. and challenging and like, that's why I do this job because I feel like. Like, just when we finally figure out how to do something, we're like, okay, let's, like, do a complete 180 and do something Mm -hmm. totally different. Like, right now, we're in the middle of a renovation, and it's, like, a Spanish colonial revival type design, which is totally out of our norm. Like, um, if you were to go on our website, if you've never heard of us, you'd think, okay, like, they're a more modern builder, but then you keep scrolling, and you see... bunch of craftsman homes and then you'll see a mid-century home and so people are like what are you like they can't (laughs) nail us down and that's what i love and that's actually what a lot of our clients comment on or people that like when they first come in the door they're like we just really love your style like you're like you have so many different styles because if you put yourself into a little box like we are the craftsman builder that's not gonna work like that's not feasible for us in a market where we have three hundred thousand people in the city Mm -hmm. like you're gonna like reduce your ability to serve a lot of people. So, I think being diverse is crucial to surviving just in general. But, yeah, I definitely I love the challenge. Like right now we're doing a Reno where it's like modern Victorian and that's totally out of anything I've ever done before. And I think like as a designer, you grow, right? Like you might start out and feel like you just love modern, but after a while you're like, "Oh, well, it's a square box. Like there's only so many things I can do with that. So I really love mixing styles. Um, like lots of people will be like, oh, I'm eclectic, but they don't really know what that means. So I think it's really fun to go through that process with people and like get in their head and feel, find out what makes them tick. And
1: Yeah, that, I, that was the question I had. I'm glad you just brought that up. So many people don't know what they like or they don't know what, what, what they like is, is called. Or, they or how to classify They can't it. define yeah. it. So how much is your job is... Uh, education, asking the right questions and then sort of guiding people down a path, which is your expertise.
2: Like 94%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually say design and what we do is like 90% psychology yeah. and percent construction and design. It's crazy. Um, one assignment I usually give my clients if they're struggling is I say, make a pinboard of everything you hate, which sounds <laughs> negative, but sometimes if people can't dial in on what their style is, it's actually a lot easier for humans to be like, oh, I don't like that. I mean, lots of people already have a pinboard of things they love, but that's like, I literally need about five seconds looking at that board and then like, oh, okay, like you're modern colonial or um, you're traditional or like, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's the classic, like a picture is worth a thousand words and...
1: Great tip for the designers listening.
0: Yeah, and awesome. we're going to do this. We'll do this little experiment. Paul and I will create pinboards of what we hate.
1: So check out the show notes, okay, show. com slash podcast. Tom, I didn't get into podcasting for homework. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, it took me six and a half years to graduate college.
0: All right. A lot of people go to college for six and a half years. They're called doctors. Yeah. There you go. I'm not doing homework. Yeah. maybe just check out the show notes anyway. See if Paul did his homework. Tom's going to go do his homework. I'll make sure I put something (laughs) in there for you. Uh, you can find it at builder.com slash podcast. It's also a great way to find and follow Haven builders. So you can find out the information to follow them on social media and check out their website as well to see all the great work that they're doing and the eclectic work they're doing. So I love talking about, like you said, you're, you're a designer. You, I mean, you are truly a creative. You're speaking to me at heart here just because I am a creative as well. And you're always looking forward to that next challenge, right? You don't want to just kind of rinse and repeat everything over and over again. Uh, Paul kind of already asked this a little bit. I just feel like it's a struggle for designers when it comes to houses because you have like the same components. So like everybody's got to have a kitchen, right? And everybody's probably going to want a living room and everybody's got to have a master bathroom. And, you know, so how do you push? You said like none of the designs are the same. How do you push that box knowing that you only have certain components?
2: Mm -hmm. That's a great question. So I think for us, a really big part of our process is getting to know our clients and know how they live. So at the beginning of our design process, we sit down and we have like a two hour meeting, of course, with good treats and good drinks. And we just like, it's casual. We're like, like, what's your, describe your perfect day to me. Like, what's your ideal holiday destination? What's your favorite restaurant? Like just things like that, that through asking those questions we find out things we would never find out if i say please tell me your favorite color do you like symmetry like those are just like like one word answers where you really like can't get into their head so through that process we're able to find out oh like you know maybe you have four kids and your kids love music and they love art like a house we're designing right now we have just off of the living room we have a library so it's like 16 feet tall like floor-to-ceiling millwork for bookshelves. We've got the ladder. We've got a little window seat bench There's a spot for the cello. There's a spot for the easel because it's a north window, which apparently is the best for art I don't know these things. I still have so much to learn So there's different things like that where we really get inside their heads We figure out how they live and then we're adding those special elements into the home because for sure like you're saying we've got the classic like kitchen, dining, living, powder, whatever. But I feel like another part of it is like so many people are like, okay, this is in style right now, I want open concept. But they don't actually, if I ask them how they live, they actually would hate open concept. So it's like going through those questions and finding out about their life that it helps us To learn, oh, you actually, you host people three times a week and there's like 16 of you. Okay, well, let's give you a dining room. Like it doesn't have to be stuffy and formal, like the 80s, like with carpeting and like we can freshen it up and make it still flow with the home. But yeah, I just, I feel like so many people, like they're just used to looking at Pinterest and House, and they don't know there's another way. And so that's what I love about custom homes is it's totally for them. Like It's not about, oh, this appeals to 80% of the masses. No, this is your home. Let's make it work for you.
0: That's great. I want to talk about your design process a little bit more, kind of dive deeper, Mm -hmm. because Dallas had mentioned you kind of have a two-month design process. That's what he said. So I don't know if that's give or take, (laughs) or he's like, you only have two months. So he's like, got you on the clock. (laughs) You better get going. But Tell me about this process because, again, at, what I appreciated about how you approach this with your customers is that it's a holistic approach. You're in this for the long haul with them. You want to provide them a great service, great value. But that's, that's a lot, I think, for our listeners who are probably out there thinking, wow, two months just on the design all up front. That puts a lot of pressure on you. Maybe you could speak to how you handle all of that, what that looks like. Give us a little more details on that.
2: Absolutely. I love talking about this because nobody believes this. Even when our clients come in, they're like, oh no, like they must be saying that, but it can't be true. (laughs) So we have found through trial and error and through much pain that (laughs) um, it actually can be done. And it's actually better to do everything at once and keep the momentum as opposed to the alternative, which is like, selecting things throughout the process in the middle of the build when you're stressed and you're tired and then things get discontinued and you're picking things twice. And by the end, you actually get to a point where like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what color my carpet is. I don't care about my paint. Just like figure it out. And that is like the most sad thing to me. Like my brother just went through this process and that's exactly where he was at by the end was just like totally burnt out. And so for us, I think, like the cornerstone of our business is providing a positive emotional experience for our clients. And the way that we do that is we keep it fun we keep it stress free. We keep it engaging. So basically we bring them in, we do that interview meeting that I was telling you about. We get inside their head, we learn everything about them and then we take two weeks and it's like, to the metal. So, David, our architectural designer, is like coming up with the floor plan and doing his little bubble diagrams to figure out the space planning of the home. And I'm like locked in my office. I have this sign, it's like a construction sign, and it says women at work. So, that like goes <laughs> on my door and I'm like, do not come in here. Like, crank the tunes, get my latte, and just like go to town, whether it's like different design books that I have, obviously, lots of Pinterest, um, or just like going to different places in the city that inspire me. And then I put together mood boards just conveying like the whole look and feel of the home. We work together, like David and I work really closely together. So right from the beginning, we're figuring out like, what's the furniture layout going to be? You know, what kind of landscaping are we doing here? Like we're thinking about, like you're saying this holistic approach, we're thinking about like the day you move into your house, what's it going to feel like when you host Thanksgiving and Christmas, like where are the stockings going to go? Where's your Christmas tree going to go? Like we're thinking about this as, home not like oh this is just a project and we're gonna do it in two months it's like we do it in two months because we want you to love it and we want it to be fun and we don't want you to get burned out
1: yeah that's great is there one you're most jealous of that you don't live in
2: oh that is such a good question that's like
1: asking which
0: child's your favorite Kind of. You know, a little it's bit. true. Uh, I no literally
2: bit. feel like I'm giving away my baby when we have possession. It's like so sure. emotional for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of them are really awesome, but I would say there's two. So one is a cabin at Okima Beach, which is a lake like two hours north of here. So when you're in Saskatoon, it's like you're in the middle of the prairie. There's trees, but only because people planted them. But you drive two hours north and you're in like the boreal forest and it's just amazing and beautiful. And yeah, we did a pretty sweet cabin up there. So I wouldn't mind unplugging up there, but I think my favorite would be, um, it was the 2018 Hospital Home Lottery show home. So we did like a true mid-century modern. It's a 5,500 square foot sprawling bungalow. It had a bridge with like, it had like the wing of all the bedrooms and then like an open outdoor living courtyard underneath and like this amazing concrete fireplace around and an Eames chair and just, it was,
1: it was wonderful. Maybe we'll get a picture of that one. Up yeah, right we'll put, we'll the, put uh, that on
0: the show notes. And you had me at bridge, yeah. I think. <laughs> Why? I just think that's so cool. What I appreciate about you is that you're, what I've learned through getting to know you guys from following you guys on social media is you're not afraid to to do unique things. You're not afraid to approach something that's different. That's something you might, somebody else might go like, why would you do that? Right. You're not afraid to do those. And I think taking those risks, obviously sometimes they don't pay off. That's fair, but more often than not, I think they do. And I think that's what People like to see when they're approaching a builder that they want to work with, they don't want to go to a builder where all they hear is no, 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 right? Uh, So you're a builder that says yes, and you're willing to work with them. And I think that's an important thing for our listeners to remember is that don't be afraid to approach something new just because it's new and different, right?
2: Absolutely. We actually literally just had a client meeting, brand new people, never met them. They came in, she's like, I just don't want to hear somebody tell me no you can't do that. And after like our 1-hour meeting of like sharing what we do and how we do it in our process, she was like, "I love you guys." And her was like, "Excuse my wife, she doesn't have much of a poker face." And like <laughs> we called them a few days later, they're like, "Yeah, we want to work with you guys." So it's just yeah, people want to like feel heard, and I think that's a huge part of it. This is your home. Like there's nothing really closer and more personal in your home, like you're getting right into people's like inner sanctuary and like where they raise their kids and where they make all their memories. And so I think it's really important that people feel comfortable and safe and like you're listening to them.
0: Absolutely. It's so easy for builders to get caught up in the actual construction of it that you forget that, no, there's so much emotion. There's so much, uh, like you said, like the psychology of it that that plays into what makes a house a home. So I want to turn the corner a little bit here and talk uh, about some tools a little tool talk here because I'd be curious. We don't really typically do this on the show, especially with designers. We've never done this <laughs> on the
1: show, Tom. So
0: it's a first time for everything, well, right? I know. But this is a, like- a, a podcast of firsts here, but. I want to talk a little bit more behind the scenes about some of the tools. You mentioned how you kind of get your inspiration from books, from going out and seeing things. But when pen meets paper, what is that? Is a digital stylist? What do you use to help kind of design? Kind of, you mentioned Pinterest as well, which I know is really popular. But what other platforms, what other tools are you using?
2: That's a great question. I thought you were going to ask me, like, if I like the circular saw or the (laughs) eagles.
0: That's a different, we had that conversation. That was a different podcast.
2: (laughs) You know what? I am actually pretty old school. I need a pencil and my graph paper and my scale and I sketch things. I When I was doing my diploma in interior design, um, of course you do like your section on hand renders and I always think oh I should have more time and practice that but in reality there is no extra time, so um, I feel like once I've looked through lots of images, and I mean Pinterest, like sometimes people are like, "Oh, you just copy other people's work," and any other designers out there will totally back me on this. It's actually not copying at all. It's like you're taking like 50 different pictures, and there's maybe like one element from each of them. Maybe you like the crown in one. Maybe you like the way the windows are letting the light in in the second one. Maybe you like the chevron pattern of tile in the third one and it's like taking all of these different images but that's why I always end up with my pencil and paper because like you could look at other people's projects forever but the only way to really like get down what it is that we're gonna do is just by sketching it so yeah there's no like secret sauce here it's uh, it's
0: just the old school for me. There you go. And I love that you talked about like iterative design, you know, that you're always looking and pulling from something else. I mean, that's really what design is, is there's nothing new under the sun. It's just constantly, you know, evolving what you're seeing out there. So,
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, I feel like we've talked your ear off <laughs> about design. So,
1: I thought both conversations, again, this is a continuation from an early episode, is the thing I'll take away from all of it is, is I think that um your company seems to take a different approach to building a construction company and speaking to clients and you know that this idea of uh, you know taking your time on the front end to deliver on what you say and not over promising and not having all these changes i think speaks to what we spoke to earlier with Dallas, which is something like the top five things people think negatively about the building industry. So uh, I would just say kudos to you guys. Um, It is very unique approach. I think Tom and I can both say that it's, it's fun to hear. So congrats. Thank you
2: very much. Thanks for having us on. We're very excited to talk with
1: you guys. Keep up the great work. And again, don't forget to check out
0: those show notes, see what that uh, personality profile for design is for Tom. If Paul even does his homework, we'll see right on there. Yeah.
2: I can't wait to review it. I'll design
0: you guys a Builder Trend office. How about that? There you go. I like that. I there love it. <laughs> Sounds perfect. All right. Thanks. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys.
2: Take care.
0: Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at BuilderTrend.com podcast. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.